What a great start to our Advent season, huh? Can we thank our creative team one more time? Just thank you for all of you who were a part of putting this together for the writers, for the decorators, the musicians, those who worked with our kids. You all know who you are, and uh, we just thank you so much for the gift that you've given us this Christmas season. And thank you to all of you who serve here at Hope. We really couldn't do it without you, so uh, thank you for making this such a special Christmas. I want to welcome you uh, and those who are joining online to week one of our Advent series. You heard in the reading that the word Advent is a Latin word that means coming. And so in the next few weeks, we want to begin to prepare our hearts for the coming or the Advent of Jesus Christ to the world. He, he came as God, God in human flesh to be with us. It's, a, it's an amazing and wonderful truth. So, so magnificent, so mind-blowing, so transforming that one of those eyewitnesses of Jesus, a man named John, would later go on to write that the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us and we have seen His glory. And this is what we want our theme to be in the coming weeks as we prepare to celebrate Christmas. Each week we want to be able to say we have seen his glory, the glory of Jesus Christ. And uh, today we want to focus on the glory of Jesus as king. Christ is king. He will reign forever and ever. Amen. I loved our Advent reading this morning. Uh, we were reminded that before there ever was a Christmas tree, that Jesus had a family tree. Isn't that amazing to think about? Um, and, and Isaiah actually describes this family tree in Isaiah chapter 11. You guys all thought we were done with Isaiah, right? Man, so good. And uh, we got to talk, got to hear from Isaiah at Christmas. So here he is again, everyone, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 10. This is our key scripture this morning. It says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. What an amazing prediction. 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah is saying there will be a branch from the line of David. Notice David, the name David mentioned twice in this scripture. But what do you do? when your Christmas tree is just a Christmas stump. Did you see it in the passage? Out of the stump of Jesse? So here the prophet Isaiah is, is looking at the line of the Messiah, and he doesn't see a beautiful Christmas tree. He sees a stump. And out of that stump is a little branch. It reminds me of the Charlie Brown Christmas. And, uh, and you know... They send Charlie Brown out to get this beautiful Christmas tree. And what does he come back with? A sad little twig of a Christmas tree. And that's what Isaiah sees. He sees a little branch, you know, from this stump. Good grief, Charlie Brown. What do you do when your Christmas tree is a stump? It reminds me of another tree. I um, heard this story a long time ago uh, about the... Uh, the Liberty Trees. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Liberty Trees. Each of the 13 colonies had a Liberty Tree. And this tree became a sign of, 
of just freedom and colonists would meet under these trees before the revolution and they would talk about, um, they would talk about their freedom. And uh, all of these liberty trees have, have disappeared. They're all gone. They've died. But there was one liberty tree left standing in Maryland. And in 1999, the last of the 13 liberty trees uh, was cut down to the stump. According to a report from the Washington Post, a bell tolled 13, excuse me, a bell tolled 13 times recently in Annapolis, once for each of the original colonies, as a crew with chainsaws began cutting down the last of the liberty trees. Could you imagine being in that moment, watching the last of the liberty trees come down? It says, this is where American patriots gathered to plot against the British. The 400-year-old tulip poplar in Maryland's capital fell victim to years of disease and decay and a final blow from the winds of Hurricane Floyd. How did David's tree become a stump? What brought it down? The same thing that brought down that liberty tree. The rot of sin. Years of disease and decay and a hurricane named Babylon. Isaiah is writing 150 years before this moment. But King Zedekiah would be the last descendant of David to sit on the throne of Israel. And the Babylonian armies would march in and the throne would be vacated and destroyed. It would sit in ruin for 600 more years until a child would be born in the city of David. Like a tree cut down, all that remains is a stump. What do you do when your Christmas tree is a stump? Maybe for you, it's the breakdown of a family relationship that makes the holidays completely unbearable. Maybe you lost a loved one this year, and as you come to the Christmas season, you're grieving and you wonder how you could even celebrate this year. Maybe it's a financial strain just means there's a few, few less gifts under the Christmas tree this year. And the message I have for every one of us today from the scriptures is a message of hope. Out of that stump is a branch of hope. And this Christmas season, that branch means everything to us today. As Isaiah says, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to the world. What a beautiful promise for us. What does this mean? Who is this, this heir to David's throne? We want to look at this passage today because the meaning of Christmas is found right here in Isaiah's prophecy, 700 years before the coming of Christ. So we'll look at the meaning of this passage. But before we do, I'd like to start with a word of prayer. God, thank you for a new season. Thank you for the Christmas season. We thank you for the hope of Jesus Christ who came as a king. He is the son of David. He is the heir of the messianic throne and he will reign forever. Thank you that in the midst of all the, the battles and the struggles and the hurts and the pain and those who are even watching online who might be sick or just unable to be here, we thank you for a message of hope that comes in the good news of Jesus Christ. 
So fill our hearts this morning as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm pretty excited about today because we're looking at a little bit of the backstory. I think a lot of Christmas seasons, we start right with the baby in the manger. And uh, when you come right to that baby in a manger, we're actually, it's like, it's like going to a movie in the middle of the movie. And, and you maybe don't know the story that came before it. So we're going to look at the backstory this morning. And it all starts with this amazing idea. We can go ahead and put it up. That in, in the Hebrew scriptures, uh, the Hebrew scripture, scriptures anticipate the coming of a glorious king. It's pretty amazing. The, the Old Testament contains prophecy after prophecy of a coming, the word is Messiah. The coming glorious king. And one of the most central of those promises is actually a promise that God makes to another great king named King David. We saw David's name show up in in Isaiah's prophecy, and that actually goes back to a promise made to David in 2 Samuel 7. You remember King David? He's that shepherd boy that, you know, he's... He's got the, uh, a heart after God's own heart and he takes down Goliath and he becomes this amazing king, writes many of the Psalms. He has it in his heart to build a, a house and a temple for the Lord. And, uh, and the Lord comes back to David with this promise from 2 Samuel 7. says, the Lord declares to you, David, King David, that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up for your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So here's David. He wants to build a temple for the Lord. He wants to build a house for God, and God's like, no, your son will build a house for me, but you, David, will not build a house for the Lord. The Lord Himself will build a house for you for the glory of His name. And from your descendants, from your own flesh and blood, will come a king, and this king will reign forever. That's incredible. God re reemphasizes uh, this, this promise. A few verses later in verse 16. This is what's called the Davidic covenant. A covenant is a special promise, an agreement. This is God's promise to David. Verse 16. Your house, David, and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So what's God's promise? God promises King David. One of his descendants will sit on the throne of Israel and will rule forever. But as we know from our study of the book of Isaiah, that this king is not just going to be the glory of Israel, but he is going to bring peace and salvation to the ends of the earth. We see this in some of the prophecies in Isaiah. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, written 700 years before Jesus was born. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now keep, listen to this, this is amazing. Of the greatness of his government, 
He's going to rule. He's going to reign. He's going to govern. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on whose throne? David's throne. That's right. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. How's that going to happen? It says in the last verse, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isn't this amazing? A human child will be born. Right, a human child. And, and he will be, what does it say? El Gabor, the mighty God. And do you hear the echoes of God's promise to David? He will sit on David's throne. He will reign forever and ever. Of the greatness or the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. This is the promise that God is making right here in the Old Testament. And we can understand now Isaiah chapter 11. We'll put that up one more time. Out of the stump of David's family, we talked about this, how, how a line of kings came from King David, the last one being King Zedekiah. And the Babylonians came in, bringing an end to that kingly line. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root, in that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. I love it. Out of this stump will come a little branch, just a shoot, humble, maybe barely recognizable, almost like, like a baby born in a manger in a town of Bethlehem. And Isaiah says this, promised seed of David, he will be the one. He will be the heir to David's throne. And he will rule forever and ever. He will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. He will draw all nations to God. This is the expected one. This is the anticipated one. And we could go through prophecy after prophecy. I wish I could. I just don't have time this morning. The Hebrew scriptures anticipate the coming of a glorious king. And every year at Christmas, we get to celebrate this amazing truth that this glorious king has come in Jesus Christ. He was born in Jesus. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about what it would have been like this baby resting in Mary's arms who was not just a baby, but he was a king. He was the Savior. He was God with us. We, we post baby announcements on Facebook. Mary and Joseph didn't have Facebook, so the angels posted the announcement. And do you remember what they said? Luke 2.11, today. Isn't it interesting? There it is again in the town of David. Pretty important there. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Are you guys seeing it? The, the king promised to David has come in Jesus. He is 
the seed of David. He was born in Bethlehem, the city of David. He was raised in the family of David. The, the family tree matters. The ancestry is important. I was talking to a guy years ago. He, he, was, he loved all things Irish. Grew up in an Irish home, had a lot of Irish pride. You know, loved the, the St. Patrick's Day, whatever it was. He was all about Irish, his Irish heritage. He took a DNA test. Turns out he wasn't Irish after all. Okay, he was like 17% Irish. But still, guys, we can come. We can love Jesus. We can celebrate Christmas. We can, we can proclaim the birth of Jesus Christ. But if Jesus isn't descended from the line of David, he's not the Messiah. Like the genealogy actually matters. The ancestry matters. That's why both of the two of the four Gospels have the genealogy of Jesus listed in the Gospel. You have Matthew's genealogy, which traces the line of Joseph, the royal line. You have Luke's genealogy, tracing the lineage of Mary. But the, here's the key. They both go back to King David. Jesus is from the line of David. His ancestry goes back to a line of kings. He was born a king. The genealogies matter. And the Gospels go on. And they describe the wonderful life of Jesus. And how he went out proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And he bore our burdens. He healed the sick. He he suffered and died on, on the tree, on Calvary's tree. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven where he now sits on the highest throne of all, above all rule and authority and power. That's our king. That's King Jesus. Have you ever wondered when that God was making these promises in the Old Testament and, and they're saying a king is going to come and he's going to reign forever, don't you think they started to ask, how's that going to happen because every king I know eventually dies. And isn't it amazing that in the Old Testament, they're saying a king is going to come who is going to reign forever. What way could a king reign forever but to beat death and to rise from the dead and to ascend and to reign and rule from a throne forevermore? And Jesus must reign, 1 Corinthians until he brings all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be defeated is death. That's our king. Christ is the king. And the wonderful news of Christmas, as Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, we can understand this now. God promised this good news, this gospel, long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scripture. It was all pointing to Jesus. The good news is about his son, in his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. He was born a king. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the good news of the gospel today is that if you will put your trust in Jesus Christ and his work for you on the cross... That God will forgive all of your sins. He will bring you alive in Christ to a brand new relationship with God. The peace of God will rule and reign in your heart and in your life forever and ever. 
All because Christ has come in fulfillment of all of the promises, the heir to David's throne now sitting on David's throne in heaven, and he reigns forevermore. That's our king. This glorious king came when Jesus was born. And I just want to remind you today, the manger is just the middle of the story. And there is so much more story to come. Our glorious king, I love this, our glorious king will come again when Jesus returns. We, uh, we learned earlier that the word Advent is a Latin word that means coming. There's another Aramaic word. It's the word Maranatha. And that word means come, Lord Jesus. It was one of the earliest prayers of the church. Come, Lord Jesus. In the 12th century, Bernard of Clairvaux said, Jesus comes three times. First, he comes at Christmas to Bethlehem. Second, he comes into our life when we say, come, Lord Jesus, come into my life, and we receive the grace of salvation. And Jesus comes a third time at the end of the age when he makes all things new. Advent is a time for saying, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. And so today we look back to Bethlehem and to what Jesus did on that very first Christmas. We look at the present and the possibility of, of a life where Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. And we look ahead and we anticipate Jesus coming again in glory where all the, this broken, messed up world gets made right again. Just as Isaiah promised, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. So great will be his peace. So great will be his peace that swords will be beaten into plowshares. Instruments of war will be turned into instruments of peace. Death will be swallowed up in victory. We will be reunited with our loved ones at the feast of the Lord. Everything sad will become untrue on that day. And to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb will be all praise and glory, honor and power forever and ever. Amen. Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. I told you the story of the, the last liberty tree cut down to the stump. That tree was almost lost forever. It was actually headed to the mulch pile. And one pretty smart contractor picked up the wood. And it ended up in the hands of Bob Taylor, who owns Taylor Guitars. And he took this, this wood of this liberty tree, this symbol of, of American freedom, and he created 400 limited edition Liberty Tree grand concert acoustic guitars so that the song of liberty could continue to play. And it's just a reminder that out of the stump, 
comes a beautiful and glorious hope. Whatever you're going through today, it's not the end of the story. The music of Christmas is playing. The music of hope is playing. Out of the stump comes a branch of hope. And whatever you're going through today, Christmas is a reminder there is hope. And just like we might hang an ornament on the branch of a Christmas tree, the challenge today is to hang our hope on Jesus Christ. Hope is alive today because Jesus is alive. And not only is Jesus alive, he is the king. He sits on the throne. And he will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the hope we have in Christ. Thank you for the joy of the Christmas season. We acknowledge that we have many fears, we have many battles, many challenges. And in each of those, sometimes we can feel like there is no hope. But I thank you that today, in, in the midst of the heartache and the pain, that we have a Savior. And to us, a child is born. And his name is Jesus. Help us to rest our hope on you in this season. Thank you that it's an unchanging hope and it's an unshakable hope. And you are coming again to make all things right, just like you came to Bethlehem. You are our King, you are our Savior, and not only ours, but you are the Savior of the world. So we look to you, Jesus. We ask that you would be God with us today and in this Christmas season. And all praise and honor will glory and glory will go to you, King Jesus. You are our King. In Jesus' name, amen.